blue wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 177 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. For once, we are not doing this in the morning, folks. We're doing this in the evening. So we'll see how the brains are working after Joshua and I have put in a full day of work. How's mm. the week going? Yeah, brain is uh, already feeling like mush. Uh, <laughs> week, is, week is going well. How is the new job treating you? Bro, <laughs> it's awesome. Like, I'm glad other to than it. having to get up at four in the morning, which... Being a morning person, it's one thing to get up at 6 a.m. You have to kind of train yourself to get up at 4. But it's yep. just all about getting to bed at the right time. So, yes, I feel like a grandma sometimes having to go to bed around 9 o'clock, maybe pushing it to 10 on some nights as I watch some of the late games. But to be able to talk about sports for four hours straight, Joshua, and not have anybody breathing down my neck saying, oh, we're going to have to cut your – time today or oh we need you to go out and get this instead it's just like we do our stuff for four hours we're out the door and then I can do anything else in terms of going to cover the teams you know that I want to do so it's been really um really cool love to hear it absolutely love it yeah so we're gonna get you on the show soon I've been talking to the guys here and so it should be uh it should be fun if we can get you on and uh get you going with the guys because it's quite the crew in the morning there are a lot of personalities on that show as you oh, know i'm that. sure you know i think you'll hit it off with ramon so he's awesome funny. so joshua we're looking at the um standings for this week the rankings for this week and there's a little bit of change and when i talk a little bit i'm talking you know alabama had hopped georgia for that number one spot Alabama, after having a really subpar performance against Texas A&M, oh, mind you, their uh, oh, backup quarterback was in. That's all right. Hey, th- that's what the show's about. <laughs> press buttons. We can hear all sorts of things. It's just part of the ambiance. Um, but, you know, they had the backup quarterback, Joshua. But at the same time, you know, Texas A&M, we've seen it's it, not a great team this year and not a great performance by Alabama. So they slipped all the way to the three spot. Ohio State is getting more and more votes. Um, Georgia is still in that top spot, but Ohio State is creeping closer. We got Clemson still at four. I got yelled at this week by a Clemson fan, um, so I'll tell you about that in a bit. Michigan still um, Michigan at the five spot, and then Tennessee um, at number six, all the way up to number six. So uh, interesting top five there. What did you think about last weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to sound like a homer as I say this. Really hard to believe that um, Ohio State isn't the number one team at this juncture. Uh And you can ask the question, which is a totally fair question, who have they played? Um, And I would tell you, like, competition up to this point has not been what it was supposed to be. Like, you know, Notre Dame was supposed to be a big game for them. Notre Dame ended up not being very good at the beginning of the year. They're picking it back up now. 
Um, Michigan State is not good this year. I totally understand that. Wisconsin is not good this year. Like the the teams that they were supposed to play that were going to be good haven't been good. That's not their fault. And they have absolutely handled business. Their ugliest game was the first game of the year against Notre Dame. Jackson Smith and Jigba got hurt during that game. So it kind of took them out of their game plan. Ohio State's defense looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, and they still won by a double digit margin. You look at every game after that. It's been the best offense in America, mm-hmm. uh, clear in a way. It's not even close. And then flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. They've got a top 10 ranked total defense right now. Um, this is a very good football team that I believe has not struggled in ways that Georgia did. You flip it over to Georgia, who I think is a very good team as well. This is not to say that they're not a great team. But against Kent State, lackluster. Left a lot to be desired. And then they play Missouri and probably should have lost that football game. Um so that's where I'm at. The rest of it, outside of the top three, um, and I'll, I'll get to Alabama's performance in a second because it was crazy, but it was, it was really um, – I thought it was very unique what I could take away from that. Mm-hmm. Outside of the top three in the country right now, big toss-up. Big toss-up. Because Clemson, we still got questions about what they're actually uh, offensively. And Michigan – was in a little bit of a tussle at halftime against Indiana. And they came out yeah. and, and only gave up 29 yards of offense and looked phenomenal after that. Like, I, tell me, I mean, Oklahoma State, we'll find out about them this week playing TCU. And USC's got to play Utah on the road. And Utah can run the football. They haven't faced a team that can really do that to them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we're, we're going to learn so much. Tennessee, do they deserve to be ranked number eight right now? Like, I don't know. But this is, it's really interesting. It is. And, and we've clearly been breaking down a lot of Tennessee, Alabama this week on the radio show. There is, um, you know, no doubt that this is probably the best team Tennessee's had facing Alabama in a very long time. And like you said, it's going to um, all play out here on Saturday in Knoxville. I will be heading down there for that game. We're doing our show uh, a remote live from there before the game. And I'm also Joshua flying the Washington state flag at game day. There you go. Your girl right here going to be on game day, flying that flag, um, adding to the tradition that is the uh, old crimson flag. So I'm really excited about that, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how this all plays out considering Bryce Young's going to probably be back and it will really go to show how good this Tennessee team is. Cause mind you, this Tennessee team has beat three top 25 teams. However, you and I have discussed the top 25 this year outside of the top five or six. We just don't know that much. It's just kind of a crapshoot. So um, I think that will be a really good one. So going back on the note of Alabama, you said you've pulled some interesting things from that game that you saw this weekend. Yes. Um, So this is basically what it comes down to for me is you turn the football over four times in that game. Mm Mm-hmm. You miss a couple of field goals. You are down your starting quarterback, and you still win the football game. That's that's a good team. Um, not a lot of teams could overcome the challenges, and some of them were self-inflicted. It's not to say mm-hmm. that you know they played a clean game. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they played a pretty ugly game, and we're still able to get a victory um, in conference play. Like To me, that shows what that team can be. My biggest question about them, and uh, this will be a very unique battle, Right, because uh, Tennessee has a really good offense. Hendon Hooker has been great, and uh, he's a threat not only in the throw game, but he can run the ball. And Alabama has a really good defense, vintage Nick Saban. The other side of the ball, uh, Tennessee is great at stopping the run, 
Alabama's got a great run game. Tennessee is very bad at stopping the pass. Alabama's got a, uh, a very subpar uh, passing offense for being Alabama. I, I looked at the stats today, Kayla, and you would be shocked. So Alabama's leading receiver in terms of yards per game is the 29th ranked receiver in terms of yards per game in the SEC. Crazy. Crazy. It's nuts. But, so but we've seen the wide receivers they've had in the past. Yes. So you are going to get good on good. You're going to get bad on bad in this game. And I think it is going to be so much fun to watch. It's crazy, too, because we were reading today. We had a couple guests on from the Tuscaloosa, Alabama area that cover Alabama. And one of the things we were discussing, too, is Alabama specifically has dealt with penalty issues this year is specifically on defense, yet they they continue to be one of the best defenses in the country, uh, minus the mind lapses that they've had this season, which is very um, not traditional, unconventional, I should say, for a Nick Saban team to have penalty issues. They've also, like you mentioned, they've had some turnover issues as well. I really think, Joshua, this is going to be a game where the mistakes, whoever makes the mistakes, uh, you know, whether that be one or two mistakes, is going to be the team that loses the game. Uh, totally because agree. That's, that's just what it comes down to, I feel like. So I, I'm really excited to see this one. I'm not a big, like, get up for the, the Vols in terms of, like, coverage. I, we do a lot of coverage because it's here in Tennessee and there's a lot of Vols fans. But for once, I really do feel like this team could be for real. So. Yeah, and I mean, this is the test for both of them, right? And I think we will exactly. learn as much about either one of these teams in this game as we've learned all year. Yep, I agree. So uh, coming from, I guess, the Big Ten side of things, I wanted to ask you, speaking of the top 25 this week and and guys, guys, teams just kind of weaseling their way in. I mean, we're getting to the point now that James Madison has made it, its debut in the top 25, Yep, as has Illinois. Can I yes. please ask you about Illinois, and are they worthy of the top 25 spot? I think they are. Uh, first okay. time they've been ranked in the AP top 25 since 2011. Yeah. Um, this is one of the best defenses in the country. Um, the caveat to that is they haven't played smoking hot offenses, um, and they're probably not really going to in the Big Ten West until they right. go up against the Purdue. They've got Minnesota this week, and Minnesota has been – um, very solid offense, not necessarily like a super high scoring offense. Um, but they paid their defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, $1.2 million this offseason to mm-hmm. not leave. And it was probably uh, some of the best money that was spent around college football during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, Brett Bielema came in, took the job, had an offensive coordinator, fired him after a year, brought in Barry Lunny Jr., who came from UTSA, and he had coached with uh, Barry Lunny Jr. at Arkansas. And this guy has reimagined their offense. They got Tommy DeVito in as a transfer quarterback who's done a really good job for them. Right. Chase Brown is one of the the leading rushers in the nation, if not the number one rusher in terms of uh, it's either total yards or yards per game. Uh, I can get you the stats right here. Chase Brown, second in yards per game nationally. Um, wow. Really good running back. And uh, – that's how they've done it this year. And they've got a couple of weapons on their offense, too. they got a big wide receiver who's like 6'4", um, who was on campus like two weeks into training camp. And uh, they've got Isaiah Williams, another wide receiver who's a, a shifty, great athlete, tracks the ball well, can get open against most coverage. Um, their biggest challenge this week is their quarterback's banged up. Uh, he got knocked out of that Iowa game. So yeah. they're going to have some challenges there. But 
I mean, you go through the national stats, Illinois, number one scoring defense in the country, only giving up eight points per game. Uh, And then total defense wise, they are number two in the country, only giving up 228 yards per game. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm glad that you kind of laid it out there for us because not a lot of people have been following Illinois and in, in terms of a little bit of a rise to the to the top 25 here. You just see them in the rankings, some of these folks, you know, and they're like, whoa, Illinois, where, where did this come from? Uh, but then again, you know what Bielema has done before in the past. He's a good coach. You, you've talked Very highly of him. So it, it's by no surprise that, you know, you've seen a little bit of a, a surge with that program. So it's really, really good to see um, for Ohio State. And this is just I think this is what people are looking at right now. Ohio State is taking care of business, um, but just hasn't played the opponents that I feel like maybe some of these other teams are getting credit for playing yeah. the types of opponents. So in, in your eyes, Joshua, is this a good thing playing these type of uh, subpar, you know, teams right now? Just kind of getting ready for when the the, the hard teams hit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think their schedule. When you looked at it at first, you start off with Notre Dame. You're like, holy man, they're they're getting started True. off fast. Yeah, and then um, you know, their first conference game was going to be Wisconsin, and then the week after that, they would have to travel to Michigan State. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seemed like this was or like they had Rutgers after that, but then you traveled to Michigan State. It just it seemed like you, you were going to get some good challenges in the first half of the, the season it has not been that way. Um, but it's allowed them to ramp up. It's allowed this offense to evolve without having Jackson Smith and Jigba and Trevion Henderson, who's mm-hmm. a preseason All-American, has been in and out of the lineup due to injury. Um, so now you spin it forward. They still got Penn State left. They've still got Maryland, who is better on defense and has yeah. a really good offense left on the schedule. They took Michigan down to the wire. That was a seven-point game for folks who remember that one. And they've got um, they've got Michigan left still, the final game of the season. So they're going to have their challenges, and they'll be able to make their statements. But, you know, you talk about handling business the way that you're supposed to. Ohio State, exactly. number one scoring offense in the country, almost 49 points per game. You flip it over to scoring defense, and defense was a real issue for this Ohio State team a year ago. 15th in the nation in scoring defense, allowing 16 points per game just about. Um, in the total defense number is where Ohio State fans should be really excited. They are number seven in the nation in Big total improvement from last year. defense. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a defense last year that was somewhere in the 50s in scoring defense, and they were like 90th nationally in total defense. It was just a sieve, and it's no longer like that. Um, so they're handling business. No, absolutely. I And I just, I, I'm following them as we go here. And, and, you know, I have been really impressed with what that team is doing. And I think it's for real in terms of, I mean, they're, if you said you're going to put them at number one, I would not disagree with you right now, especially with Georgia having its, its kind of moments, um, Alabama recently having its moment. And you never know what happens with Alabama this weekend. If they're beat by Tennessee, um, I think that, Ohio State, depending on you know, Vandy's playing Georgia, so there's not much to to take from that unless it, it's a close game. But it'll it'll start to play itself out here in the weeks to come. So speaking of the Big Ten, Joshua, I wanted to ask you about this upcoming matchup. It's the uh, game, 11 a.m. game 
on Fox. Uh, the Penn State, who is ranked 10th right now, and Michigan, we just talked about, ranked 5th. What do you see out of this matchup? Yeah, I, I think this is a uh, question-answerer. And I talked to uh, Jake Butt, who is a former yep. Michigan All-American tight end, great friend of mine who's now uh, with BTN. Um, and we, we sit around on Tuesdays and we do a segment for the network where we basically just talk ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of my favorite things during the week. I would rank them, um, you know, going out to dinner with my wife on a Thursday night, um, doing go. this podcast with you well, and then you. talking ball with Jake. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I made the list, Joshua. That oh, makes absolutely. Me good. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, but all that to say, that was one of the games that we previewed. It was something obviously yeah. we're going to talk about. It's uh, one of the biggest games nationally this week. Mm-hmm. And um, this is what we both came up with is Michigan, we don't believe, has unleashed their full playbook yet offensively with J.J. McCarthy, the young quarterback who is a sensation, but he's still a young quarterback. Yes. Um, they've relied heavily on Blake Corum, who is a phenomenal running back. Um, who's really shouldered the load very well. Um, You know, he's probably top 10 in rushing in the country. Um, And they use their tight ends in the past game. It's like vintage Jim Harbaugh offensively. And this offense can evolve to be a little bit more of a quarterback run offense, a little bit more of an RPO. And I Mm -hmm. think that they can take some more shots down the football field. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're going up against a Penn State secondary that I believe to be one of the best secondaries um, in the country. You've got uh, Joey Porter Jr., and yeah. people would remember his father, who was a, a really, really good football Absolutely. player. Um, he's second in the nation in passes defended right now. Um, they've also got this guy named Jair Brown, who mm-hmm. I think is the best defensive back, potentially the best defensive player in the nation wow. at safety. Um, okay. He's a ball hawk. He's doing a great job. Um, and then they've got this kid named Jalen King, who was number seven in the nation in passes defended. Right. So this is a secondary that can really challenge throws that creates tight windows that makes catches contested. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something that J.J. McCarthy has not seen yet. He's not had to throw into those windows. Um, so that's number one is can they overcome the secondary from Penn State? Um, number two. Penn State is a team whose run game has evolved rapidly. Um, Last year, they were piss poor in rush offense. Let me get you some of the numbers here. Uh, Rushing offense for Penn State last year, 13th in the conference behind Purdue, who just flat out decides not to run the football. Um, They were bad when it came to running the football. Flip it to this year, Penn State is fifth in the conference. Um, it made an improvement by about 90 yards per game. But as I look at it, who have they really played? They had that first game against Purdue. Their rushing numbers were not very good in that game. Um, just as a whole, I'll get you the game log here. So they had 98 yards on uh, 32 attempts. Then they play Ohio University. They rushed for 234 yards on 34 attempts. Then they play Auburn, who we know now is a dog shit yes. team. Um, yeah, Harson should be fired already. Yes. Um, 245 yards on 39 carries. Then Central Michigan, 166 on 32. And then they play Northwestern. And if nobody's watched Northwestern football this year, um, they're <laughs> a bad football that. team. Yeah. They, they don't understand gap fits in the run game, which is mind-boggling to me. And uh, 
Penn State ran the ball 58 times in that game because it was a damn monsoon um, for yeah. 220 yards. So against this Michigan front, um, who's done a really good job this year, um, I I need to see what this Penn State offense really looks like. Because if Michigan yeah. stops the run, it forces them into a game plan they don't want to be in. Um, so both of these teams to me, very good defensive teams. Michigan has been – they've answered the bell on defense, replacing mm-hmm. a lot of guys. Um, Penn State, to me, has answered the bell on that side of the football, too, and a new coordinator with Manny Diaz. Um, the question is, will the offenses adjust to the caliber of defense that they'll be seeing? Yeah, I will definitely be keeping my eye on that one. What? Uh, so you're you're back in the studio. I was going to ask you, how's that going? Is that just – are you now just bummed now because it's you just love being out in the atmosphere and calling games? A little bit. Uh, the atmosphere, yeah. you cannot beat. Um, it's games more your so personality, I feel like. Yeah. And also studio, long day. It was uh, 7 a.m. I was in the Ooh. office. I did not leave until midnight. What do you bring, like snacks? Or you guys have like a canteen there or something? Um, they, they bring in food. They cater meals for us, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then we got uh, snacks that they okay. stock our uh, our talent room with. So we're okay. well fed. But that's that's another issue, though. Like, should I really be eating? Because all I'm doing is sitting my fat ass down all day. You know, that's always what I think about when I'm in the studio, especially when I was doing the weekends at News 2. And you're literally in the seat from noon till like 1130 at night because you're just producing your show and editing. And then you go on, you walk to go on air like, you know, two times during the day. And I'm barely getting up to go, you know, get something to eat. It's usually I, I just have it delivered. So you're right. I'm like, I don't need to be like, if I'm sitting on my butt all day, I don't want to be eating a lot of food. I'm not working it off, you know? So I guess yeah, it, it I, goes um, both ways. Yeah, I, I think I need a standing desk at work just so I'm yeah. on my feet more. Or one you know? of those ball, the, the um, balancing balls. What are those called? The the, um, the the physio ball. The physio ball. I've seen people use those. Man, you'd be like building core muscle doing that. Because um, you have to like st- you have to like steady it, you know, to the, sit up straight. Uh, pregnant women, uh, yeah. I have noticed, really engage with the physio ball at work. I think it's like a good idea to keep the core strong, you know? I mean, but that takes work, man. I don't know if I could put in that much work. It's a lot of work. Uh, So Joshua, I did want to mention, we had the return of the mullet this past weekend. The most disgusting thing I've ever seen on a human being in Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers back from injury. Um, that mullet is going strong, and and so is he, because he led Texas to a dominating win over Oklahoma that has literally pissed down its leg the last few weeks of the season, or the last three weeks during the regular season here. What in the heck is going on with Oklahoma, or is this just like Texas is back because the mullet's back? What's going both. on there? It's both. Um, and you know how I've, I've spoken about Texas before on this podcast. And- yep. Um, landed me in some hot water once or twice, but it is what it is. Um, so Oklahoma, I'll start with them. They've got some real problems. Uh, they got a personnel issue. I, I think that their their players aren't as good as they once were. But I think Brent Venables, being a defensive guy, his defense looks like a damn joke out there. Right. Um, and it pisses me off because I think he was one of those guys that everybody felt like was a surefire hire. But he always had great players at Clemson. He never had to manage a game because he was only a play caller. And his shtick was, 
that he would call in the plays as the offense was getting aligned so his defense would always have a beat on what was coming and he could get them into the perfect defense, which I always thought was a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people believe that. I'm, I am edgy after work as well. I, I love this. This is show. the great – bring it. It's like bring it. Bring the heat. So, yeah, uh, the heat is being brought. It, you, you feel me? The heat so, is on. It is on. Um, so that's <laughs> that's kind of the thing about the hire. I thought it was going to be – a working process. I might've said that on this show too, that I didn't think it was going to be uh, necessarily the greatest hire they could have made. Um, yeah. But now you see that he's got to actually be the head coach and he can't do all the, the tricky, tricky defensive things. And he runs a system that has multiple fronts. They run a three down front. They run a four down front. They have a three high safety shell. There's a lot of movement and it needs a lot of communication. So mm-hmm. the learning curve is probably high, but also, when you can't be the guy to adjust everything because you got to be the guy coaching the damn game, things can go wrong very quickly. And they have. Yep. Now you flip it to the Texas side. I think Steve Sarkeesian and Ryan day are the two best play callers in the United States of America. Those two guys can call a play better than anybody else offensively. I firmly believe that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian now has a top end quarterback. And I had my reservations about Quinn Ewers. Sure. Felt like we all did. Kid, yes. Because, you know, high school football was easy for him. And yeah. then he left early because of the money, which I didn't have a problem with that. But then, you know, he realized he was going to have to sit behind CJ Stroud and said, you know what, screw it. I'm getting out. And I'm like, it's a kid who, who might want to run when things get hard. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. The the kid's got supreme talent. He's a phenomenal quarterback. The accuracy, the movement skill, the processing, everything that you would want is great. And Steve Sarkeesian called some phenomenal plays. He dialed it up so perfectly that he had multiple guys wide-ass open against Oklahoma's coverage, partly because Oklahoma can't communicate they don't know how to cover, and partially because Steve Sarkeesian knows how to call offense. And that combination to me is lethal. Yeah. Um, And so I'll go on record as saying this. Texas – is not quite back. Mm-hmm. A year from now, they will be back. And in the next couple of years, that could be a national championship contender oh. based off of the combination of Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers. And who knows what happens when Arch Manning With comes Arch around. Manning. But if that guy's as advertised, this Texas thing could be scary. You're exactly right. You said it on this show. After years of us dogging Texas, it looks like possibly they are headed in the right direction, which again, I'm not going to hate on it. You know, it's good for college football to have some powerhouses more than a couple. I'm okay with it, right? Speaking of powerhouses, before we wrap this up, Joshua, I did want to talk about USC. I bumped them up in my polls this week for the sheer fact that I have watched a lot of Pac-12 football this year, and I have watched a lot of Washington State football. And look, you can dog on Washington State as much as you want because most people haven't watched Washington State play. That's a good defense. Um, it is that that's that is not that's a good team that is has unfortunately been put in situations where you know they lost that Oregon game in terms of just kind of collapsing in the in the third or in the um, fourth quarter there and playing this USC team really tough this past weekend the score doesn't really show how close that game was for a majority of the game Joshua um, I thought they played USC well and USC is just I just think is just that good this year. I think yeah. that this is a really good USC team that's got it going here. So I bumped them up in my polls. Yeah, USC to me is a um it's a very interesting team. I think they're very good too. Um 
Joel Klatt brought this up yeah. on his podcast. And then I started digging into this and I, I think he's onto something here. Mm-hmm. USC will be challenged in a way that they haven't been challenged uh, this With weekend Utah. against Utah. And I know Utah has dropped a couple and, and people might be down on them. Yeah. But uh, this is a team that is committed to running the football. And um, USC's biggest issue in terms of their defense is their ability to defend the run. Mm-hmm. You look at the Pac-12 stats, you go to rushing defense. Mm-hmm. And then you go not to the uh, yards per game because that's misleading. You go to the uh, yards per carry average. They're right. giving up about four and a half per carry. That puts them ninth out of 12 in their conference. Only uh, in front of Stanford, Arizona, and Colorado, and we know how bad those teams are right now. Um, if Utah can stick to their run game, and this is a team that has shown a commitment to wanting to run, mm-hmm. um, this could be a sticky, sticky game for USC because everything else about them, I believe, has been way better. Their offense looks yeah. phenomenal. Lincoln Riley effect, and they got the, the big time transfers in there. Um, they defend the pass pretty well. It, mm-hmm. But when it comes down to this rush defense and getting punched in the mouth, yeah, I will be curious to see. And let, let's make this clear, too. This is at Utah at night game, okay? That's different, too. To travel when you're from USC and you go to USC, the University of Spoiled Children, what happens down there is you get used to, you know, when you're playing in, in Southern California a lot or you're going to Arizona. And once these these USC boys hit the real weather up up north, when they used to have to come to Pullman when it's, you know, getting chilly there, or they gotta go to Utah. I mean, they're hit with the night games and it's like, okay, this is a different environment. Like it's already yes. starting to get cold up there in Utah. It's on the road. Like you said, um, it, it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, I'm interested to see this one. So I guess I'm going to have to stay up late there on Saturday. God. Yes, my, you are. My day is just dominated by sports now. It like, is. It's I mean, every waking second. You can't get away from it. You just can't get away from it, Joshua. No. Um, other matchups coming up this week. I'm interested in, interested to see Mississippi state and Kentucky, um they'll battle in a night game also interested to see a battle of big 12 teams with oklahoma state who seems to be pretty steady eddie with tcu that's really Mm -hmm. uh, made a push here in the last couple of weeks so um, yeah that one's intriguing to me yeah i talked to uh one of my guys who's at tcu and i'm like how have you guys put it together yeah and he said leadership and they've got a strength coach that he believes is the best in the business and this is someone who's Spent time around Mickey Marotti, who is, you know, known as a top five strength coach in college football. So that'll be an interesting one. In the Big Ten, um, I mentioned it earlier, but Illinois playing Minnesota. Yes. And that's got some Big Ten West implications. I think that is going to be a good ball game if Tommy DeVito, the Illinois quarterback, can go. Um, So I'll have my eyes firmly locked on that one. And uh, Kayla, I will text you during that game my thoughts. Will you please? That would be wonderful. I, I, because I will be taking on as many football games as I can this weekend, but anything you can always feed me in terms of your thoughts, it always helps. Because guess what? You wake up Sunday morning, Joshua, and guess the, fir- the first thing I'm doing before I even get my coffee. I'm voting. 
There you go. I'm voting. So all the little things help, too, if I can't watch every single little game. Uh, okay, Joshua, that does it for this episode of Press Pass. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. I thought the night version went very well. I thought we had a little bit of edge to us. It seemed like we were on our game because maybe we have been woken up for more than like an hour at this point. Yes. So that's uh, exactly what happened. There we go. We brought it to you strong for this episode. Go follow Joshua Perry at. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore JEP. You can follow me on the clock app, TikTok, uh, at not Josh Perry. I gotta, I gotta join that by the way, cause I need to be seeing these TikToks. So this is my next, this is my next mission. Once I get in the, the role of this new job in the flow of it, I should say. Okay. There go follow go. me at Kayla Anderson TV on Instagram. For some reason I'm like earning more followers somehow. I don't know how that's happening. Just all of a sudden. Don't question it. I'm not. I'm not going to question it. I think I made like two reels and it started to, to bring in Okay. The so the reels are where the engagement's at is what Let's I've learned. Let's go. Okay. So that means so. more reels need to be made, Joshua. Yeah. You're doing it smart. Okay. So uh, at Kaylee Anderson TV on Instagram, on Twitter, we appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend and good luck to all your teams.